help me reach my man. Please help me connect with my man. Do you know if a family has their man fall in love with Jesus, and that's such a weird way to say it when you're talking to men, fall in love with Jesus sounds so nice and sweet and snuggly, but when men have their hearts connected to God through Jesus, you see almost 98% of the time the whole family moves towards God. We want to reach men because that statistic. Uh, Nothing against our ladies. We love our ladies. In fact, we're working for you. You know why we have a rock and roll band that isn't so tender and so sweet? Because we're trying to connect with men. In fact, just last week, we walked through with our team and said, we want 85% of the time for this to be heavier and harder and more direct and more deliberate. 15% of the time, it can be sweet. But 85% of the time, we're going after men. That's why we have dudes with facial hair on stage. That's why we have guys and, and girls who can flat bring it like Britain can. I, I, I find it very unique. Yeah, she can bring it. <clears throat> I, I, I feel very competitive, though. Mike talked about last week, who did a phenomenal job leading us in our kickoff of this series. But Mike teased last week and said, you know, kind of almost, we wasn't intending to at all, but almost like, men, you know, we need to dial it back down because we're so competitive. I found myself, I found myself on the front row. I just leaned over to my wife and I said, I can hit her notes. And I leaned over to her and I started trying to hit her notes. I'm like, wait a second, I'm a, I'm a dude. I'm a dude. I don't need to hit those notes. I'm a guy, right? I can't hit those notes. But there's something in men that provokes us to be competitive. Do you know a guy by the name of John Eldridge who's written several, several books for men says and has always said that every man, there's something that was woven in the fabric of our birth being, that we long to go fight in a battle, we long to save the beauty, and we love and want to be a part of an adventure. Men love to compete. Men love to compete. In fact, we've got a bunch of guys I want to have stand up real quick and just run on stage and celebrate the fact that our, like my church softball team, if you guys don't know I have one, come on up guys. They just got a very, very large trophy just to prove the fact that men love to compete. Come on guys, come on up, give them a real quick hand, all right? These guys are all men. I know we're like, we just, what's weird, we just walked up and every guy gave me, gave me some kind of different shake. It was like a man shake, like, uh-uh, I don't, even, I don't even know half of what you guys just did, but it was awesome. I like it. Uh, hey, so there's more than four of you, so uh, I know some guys are coming next hour, but I want you guys to see some of our My Church softball team players. You guys have brought it home. Great job. It's a very large trophy. Uh, so great job. <clears throat> These guys have been competing, been competing. This is, this is just one of our small groups. Last week, we launched our small groups. This is another one of our small groups. So you guys, great job this year. Wanted to show you guys off. Another prime example of men loving to compete. One of the greatest competitors that I can remember growing up in the 80s was a guy by the name of Iron Mike. Anybody remember Mike Tyson? Just for the the mere fact that this is a man series, I thought we would just show up and just have a little taste, just to show you what men really love watching. We love watching, you know, shows. We love going to New York and Atlanta to the Fox 
theater and watching ballets. No, we love watching guys punch each other. So let me check out a little bit of Mike Tyson real quick. <clears throat> Back in my day, there wasn't MMA. It was just Iron Mike. You notice those big, fat, like huge gloves that he wears? Could you, Matt, could you, I mean, it is, it is almost kind of like surreal that a guy could get hit in the side, a body shot, and just go down. That dude could punch, am I right? What I love about Mike Tyson is also kind of like some of the craziness of his demise. Mike Tyson was like a bazillion and O, right? As an amateur and a professional, nobody could take Iron Mike. But over time, Iron Mike lost it to the word we're going to talk about today, which is called temptation. But before we want to get into that, that just, for me, kind of like gets me motivated a little bit, like all the softball guys and a little bit of Mike Tyson, ash, like Mike Tyson action. Let me slow my words down a little bit, dial it back. <clears throat> How many of you guys have remembered the last few man series that we've had in our church. Has it been guys been around that long? What did we always end up doing in a man series of, of days past? What did we do? We competed. We competed. So what we're going to do right now is have a little friendly competition. I'm not going to tell you quite what it is till I can get volunteers to come up, right? Because men love adventure. You don't want to know what's about to happen. You just want to know that, you know what? My, my woman's here, and I know there's a risk because if there's competition, that means someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. But many of you men out there right now are saying, I don't care because I'm a man. It doesn't matter. I'll do anything. So what I need is I just need some burly men. I need four guys to run up on stage right now. And right now, your women are hoping you will, right? Every woman in this room, come on, here's a man. He has no clue what we're about to do. Come on, yeah. No, you don't need stairs. We don't take stairs. We jump on this stage. We're men. All right, I need two more guys. Two more guys. Here we go. There we go. Oh, my gosh. Woo! Yes, this is great. We got men all over the place. This is awesome. All right, tell me you guys' names real quick. Vince. Vince. Keith. Keith Josh. Randy. Can you guys give these guys a hand? All right. Have you guys figured out what we're going to do yet? Yes, you have. You're just holding back. We're going to arm wrestle. We're going to arm wrestle right here. And because you're men and I have screws in the tops of these, I'm going to give you a nice little padding so you don't scratch your elbows, all right? No suing. There, someone's going to go down. I know this. It's terrible. We probably shouldn't do this in church, but it doesn't really matter right now because this is man series. We're putting the super back in men. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to line up side, side to side, <clears throat> face each other, take a knee, take a bow. Shake the guy's hand and let's get it on. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to count to three. Listen, there's no referee. No one's holding your arms. 
No one's going to stand there and tell you if you're cheating or not. Just crush the guy across from you. All right? Can you do that? Listen, is this crazy or what? All right, you guys got to cheer him on. I'm going to count to three, and you're going to put the guy down. And, by the way, I have man movie tickets, and I have, I have wild wings food, which is only at my church. My wife showed me this this morning. She goes, baby, you know what it says? I said, it says wings, beer, and sports, only in my church. Okay. All right. All right. I have no control of that. On the count of three, get it straight. One, two. Come on, rally it up. One, two, three, go. Woo! Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Hey, you know what? Everybody's a champion, so everybody's going to get something. Everybody's going to get something. All right. Everybody's going to get something. All right. You guys hang on to that. You're, you won. You're staying around. All right. All right. You won. You're staying around. Did I say we're having a tournament? All right. Here we go. I forgot about that. Let's move to the middle. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. You're done. All right. Come back next hour. Come back next hour. You know, whatever. It's all good. All right. Listen, listen. You guys made that happen so fast. I was really debating on if we're going to do another one. You guys aren't even not even breathing. I'm breathing. I'm out of breath. <clears throat> and I haven't done anything. Right? I'm just like talking and I'm ready to lie down. Okay. So this is the championship. You guys got to roll your sleeves up for this one. <clears throat> all right. I know you. Were you guys righties or lefties or does it matter? Righty. So that's this arm. So. So if I switch them around, would that change what arm you could see? I'm very confused by this right now. So let's slide that one down. You're a righty. Slide that one up. Come on. Get it up. All right, here we go. Slide closer to the front. Let's get it on. All right, here we go. I am the ref this time. This is a little bit of, you guys ever seen the movie Over the Top? I should have brought you a hat. You can turn it back. All right, come on. Let's get it straight. I'm going to take my hand off. I'm not going to say go, and you're going to go. All right, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to take my hand off and you're going to go. Go. All right, here we go. Wow. 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 Good night. Yeah, wow. This is a battle. This is a battle. This is a battle. This is a battle. Good night. Wow. 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 That was awesome. All right. Look, what do you guys want? You guys want wings or, or man movie? What do you want? You want wings? All right. What do you want? Man movie or wings? What's that? Movies. There you go. All right. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. I appreciate it. Get a little sweat. Awesome. All right. Listen, you think that was fun? Do not miss Father's Day next week. That's all I'm saying. All right. Do not miss Father's Day next week. All right. After that. Since I, uh, I'm out of breath, and um, um, baby, my sweet wife, would you, could you get me water? My throat is scratchy. <clears throat> did I just say that on Superman week? Superman week? I sure did. <clears throat> my throat is scratchy. Can you, everyone just say like, aww? Okay. All right. Thank you. My wife just said, poor baby. <clears throat> All right. We're 11 minutes in. Let me pray for us. Because I believe today with all my heart will be, for our men, possibly the most productive day in your life to help you where the battle rages most. Let me pray for you. God, 
like all men who have gone before us, we have seen men both publicly and privately, both like a Mike Tyson and both personal friends and even ourselves, God, who have been in the battle, been fighting, been, been pursuing you, been trying to lead a life, God, that would bring respect and honor to our, our families, to our own names. But God, ultimately, God, we know the greatest goal is to bring honor to your name. God, I just pray that today, wherever men are at, whether there's men here this morning that just got drugged by their friends or their wives or just whatever reason showed up here today and are new to like a Bible study or new to church. God, wherever men are at today, whether, whether it be a man who's been pursuing you for a long time that has just straight out blown it or a guy that's on the cusp of making a mistake because of because the, the reality of temptation. God, would you help us today to grasp the, the battle that is raging over our hearts. And God, help us to learn to lean on you so that we can win for the long haul as men. God, help us to, to absorb what you want us to hear and know and do today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <clears throat> First thing I want to tell you today is Temptation's not a sin. Temptation in and of itself is not a sin. Um, <clears throat> do you remember, if you're familiar with the Bible, so you remember there was a story about a guy named David who was at one point a young lad and had lots of battles, awesome battles, God-sized, meant to be in kind of battles during his lifetime. But there was one battle in particular, you know the one I'm probably talking about, the battle with this big nine-foot, hairy, ugly Goliath guy that David went and he took a stand in front of like the opposing army and even took a stand in front of his own people and said, this guy's, this, this dude, this, this opposition, this giant, this battle, I'm going to go all in because this guy's against my people, he's against my God, and this guy's not going to define who we are. And we remember that story, David stood up and he just went after this guy and like, you know, got this rock, got the stone, and, and took the guy down in like 90 seconds or less. I mean, ridiculous. David faced those type of battles. David was a competitor. When there was a competition at large, and, and, and it was something he was supposed to be a part of, he was the kind of guy that just went in and handled business. But I'll tell you this much, there was a battle that David was completely unprepared for. And this battle, this giant in David's life wasn't nine foot tall. She was like five foot, five foot tall. She, she, this battle, this giant in David's life wasn't like clothed in like battle wear. It didn't, didn't, she didn't have a spear. She, she didn't come out and just say, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to you know, bust you up. I'm going to chop your head off. This battle that David went up and fought in was a battle that, that destroyed him, that caused him to pretty much wreck and ruin his life. I'm talking about the battle, the giant in his life, called Bathsheba. And this morning I want to tell you first and foremost again that temptation is not a sin. To be tempted is not a sin. Today, we're, we're, guys, we're going to walk through this idea of temptation today. Because I feel like the, the thing that we wrestle with, battle with every day is the lure of temptation. 
The Bible says this in Hebrews 4.15. It says, For we do not have a high priest, speaking of Jesus, who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. It's just the opposite. We have one who has been tempted in every way, every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Tempted and falling into temptation are two different things. Many times, ladies, you can get very, very upset and insulted when your man, the man, has been tempted. You know, one of the reasons, ladies, that you get upset over your man getting tempted is because you may have the wrong perception of this. It's easy for all of us to think that temptation in and of itself is a sin. You know, men and women are tempted very differently. You guys know that? I, I listed some things here as I searched for how are men and women different? Well, we're, we're tempted differently. One, men are tempted to use steroids to bulk up. Women are tempted to throw up and lose weight. Uh, men are tempted to make more money. Women are tempted to spend more money. These are all facts. I'm just saying this is nothing that I... Made up on my own, all right? Men are tempted to gorge themselves on pizza and wings. Women are tempted to down ice cream. Men are tempted to commit a violent crime. Women are tempted to shoplift. Men are more tempted to cheat on their taxes, whereas women are more tempted to be stingy tippers. Men are more tempted to explode in rage, while women are tempted to hold a grudge. Men are tempted in a fight to punch their friend in the face. Women are tempted to smile and walk away and never speak to them again. Men are more tempted to lie about their height. Women are more tempted to lie about their Gosh, you are. That's so true. Wow, thank you. Thank you. I needed help for that one. Men, I love this. Men are more tempted to pay $2 for something that's worth just $1 just because they need it. Women are tempted to pay $1 even if they don't need it. Temptation, can I just say this? Temptation is a very, 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 very real part of life. We are all faced with temptation. Men, you and I are faced with temptation, and it is a very real part of life. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. It says that no temptation has overcome you except what is common to mankind. Temptation is very common. You could be a good, godly man. We know there's none of us that are good, so let me just kind of back up. There's no good men. But there are men attempting to be godly. There are, there are men that are not like possessed by the devil. They're, don't get freaked out that I just said possessed by the devil. No men have heads turning around when they're being tempted. But there are, there are godly men pursuing God that find themselves often being tempted. Temptation will, never, temptation will never be more than you can bear. Why? Because Scripture says that God will provide a way out. No temptation has overcome you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful, but will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. The temptation will never be more than you can bear. Why? How do we know this? Because God, God will never let it be more than you can bear. Whatever temptation you are facing, whatever temptation is tempting you, Scripture tells us that God will provide a way out so you can endure it. God will provide a way out. God will always provide a way out. When you're tempted to lust, there's a way out. When you're tempted to steal or do something wrong, there's always a way out. When you're tempted to be greedy, when you're tempted to compromise your character, 
there is always a way out. How do you know? Because God provides it. God provides it. You guys realize that temptation left alone will eventually tear you apart? Temptation left alone in our lives, temptation that is not dealt with, will ultimately tear us apart. Most of us would think, you know, I'm a full-grown man. I can handle this. Most of us think, you know what, I'm just, I'm just one foot in, and I don't think this is going to be an issue. I can handle this. Can I tell you the utmost truth that so many men have learned the hard way? No, you can't. Temptation left alone will eventually destroy you. So here's David. David um, is about to battle his second giant. This should be no big deal for David. He took down Goliath in 90 seconds or less. This should be a cakewalk for David. David is a man who has been leading the way. They've been conquering battles. The whole nation is following underneath his leadership. Uh, He's defeating giants left and right under David's reign he conquered everybody. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 11, it says this, In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, notice that, when kings, who David was, normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Amorites. So you hear what's happening here. They, they go to war normally during this time of year. It's known that the kings go to battle also, But for whatever reason, David sent the army without himself. He stayed home. It says they destroyed the Amorite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. I'm going to give you some things today that's going to help us, that we can look at, that we can refer to. Guys, if you got a pen, if you got some way you can jot this down on on a piece of paper in front of you, You need to write these down today. You need to somehow remember these because I promise you, you are going to face temptation. In fact, let me just say this. Within the last seven days, within just the last seven days, every man in this room has faced some sort of sexual temptation. Every man in this room in the last seven days has faced some sort of sexual temptation. In the spring of the first year, David normally goes out to war. David did not go to war. He stayed behind in Jerusalem. Let me tell you the first thing about temptation is this. Temptations always lure you where you do not belong. Temptations always do this. They always lure you you into a place of weakness. They always lure you to a place where you should not be to get you sort of like on a a off-court advantage, sort of like Miami Heat this week you know, playing up in San Antonio, they aren't having home court advantage. They're at a deficit just because they walked into the wrong arena at the wrong time. Temptation will always do this to you, fellas. It always exists to lure us where we do not belong. David's supposed to be in battle. David's not supposed to be there. David didn't even realize that temptation was In process of happening, he thought he could just change things up a little bit, stay back home, maybe just kind of let the boys go out with him. But that was wrong for David. As a king, he was a part of the mission. It was a part of the mission of the kings during that day to go to battle with their men. 
David elected to lay back. Guys, I'm, I'm a little tired right now. These are, his, these are the guys that he does battle with, kind of like what's, in the, what's all over the news right now with that guy that was a traitor or he went AWOL or whatever it was. He laid back and let his own men go into the battle, and he wasn't supposed to be in the battle that he was battling at that moment. He wasn't supposed to be in the place where he was at that moment. Temptations will always lure you where you do not belong. Notice what James 1, 14 and 15 says. It says this, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, this is what happens when temptation is left, if temptation is left alone, unchecked, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Sounds crazy, right? Sounds like, come on, are you serious? I can handle this. David was a king. He handled lions. He handled Goliath. The whole nation knew he was a king. David looked at this scenario and thought, you know what? I can let this happen. I can handle my boys going off. I can do this. I'm the king. I'm a king. I can pretty much do whatever I want to do. I'm going to change things up. I'm going to do what I want to do in this moment. Instead, it put him on his heels And ultimately, we see that it gives birth to death. If you nurse a tempting thought too long, eventually it will own you. Do you realize that temptation will take as much control of your mind and his heart as you will let it? Notice verse 2, late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of his palace. This is in Israel where everybody oftentimes got on the roof, right? If you were a prominent person or a king, your rooftop would be higher up over everybody else's. So one day, David just sort of accidentally gets up and walks out on his roof of the palace. And as he looked out over the city, he notices a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent for her, wanted to find out who she was, and he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So here is, here is the king. He is so large. He is so in charge. He is, he is the ruler of the nation. Scripture describes him as a man after God's own heart. And in one One moment, not thinking straight, having his mind somewhere else, potentially, he goes from King David, who's the ruler of all, King David, who's taken down lions, King David, and people people even sung songs about King David. King David has taken down Goliath. King David has done all this stuff. King David, in one moment, becomes not King David, but Peeping Tom. Temptation... Temptation, that is funny. I thought so. I wrote it. (laughs) Temptation, temptation will take you so much further than you ever dreamt it would. In one moment, he goes from King David to a guy peeking over a roof of some other man's wife. Second thing I want to give you today is this. 
Temptation will always depersonalize your desires. Temptation will always depersonalize your own consequences. David, shortly after finding out who he was, which I don't really think he was trying to really figure out who she was. He just was figuring out how to go get her. She wasn't really a woman with a name, although he found out her name. She wasn't really, to him, a woman who had a husband who, go, who we find out was like the head guy, top lead guy in the army, somebody David loved and revered and was very grateful for. David finds out who she is, and we realize that this, she was just an object to him. She, she wasn't someone else's daughter. She wasn't someone else's wife. She was just what he wanted, and he wanted her now. He sent some guys to get her in verse 4. David sent messengers to get her. And when she came to the palace, it says he slept with her. Temptation will always depersonalize your desires. Temptation will always depersonalize the consequences. We never think it's going to be as bad as it is. Temptation will never, ever, ever tell you, you're going to blow it if you do this. Has temptation ever told you, if you do this, you're going to end up wrecked? It's never said that. Temptation is always going to lure you where you should not be, and temptation will always reduce and minimalize the consequences and depersonalize whatever it is that you want. For guys, it's an object. It's this thing. It's always something that we can't have. David, David thought he could have anything. He was the king. I can have whatever I want. He didn't see her as someone's wife, someone's daughter. He just wanted her. He wasn't really trying to find out information on her, who she is, what kind of person is she. He just wanted it, and he went out, and he got it. Third thing I want to give you is this. Temptation never wants you to take time to reflect. Temptation never wants you to take time to think things through. Temptation never says, oh, slow down. Slow, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. You're about to do something that could cause you to, to, to blow up things, to, to wreck your, your marriage, to, to, to really cause you some heavy-duty, like, infliction of pain. Temptation never wants you to take time to reflect. Here's what's funny. Uh, David, David just didn't stumble into us, in, into this. You, you see this here, right? Uh, girls, you probably heard this and think, what terrible timing, David. Oh, my goodness, poor guy. He just accidentally walked out onto the rooftop that day. Every guy in the room says, dude, planned it. <laughs> dude knew it exactly the right time. He, he knew exactly when he should show up out there. This was calculated. Every, every guy in this room knows this. Ladies, it is such a different world for your man. It is such a different uh, experience in the realm of temptation, especially, especially sexual temptation for your men. You, you might go to a trip to Florida, and you might see one cafe risk, right? You might see one, like, billboard or one truck stop. Guy goes to, to, South, to Florida, and he may see 10 of everything, right? Guys, guys are always, 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 you know, recognizing what's going on around them. Ladies, you are tempted completely different than your men. Men, you are completely tempted different than women. 
men always, always have a handle on what's going on around them. Now, I know there are times that we just walk into things and, you know, we're not looking to see a billboard. We're not looking to see Cafe Risk. We're not looking to walk out on the rooftop. But can I tell you, it's just ingrained in the heart of a man. We live in a broken world, and men are tempted every day. Temptation is not a sin, but if we continue to nurse it, it will one day ruin us. So ladies, on occasion, you need to give your man some permission and some grace to say, you know what, I'm tempted, I'm not sinning, but let me take my eyes off that. I, I, I know many, many wives have shared over the years, I'm so mad at my man, he, he looked this direction, he did this one thing, he, uh, and, and can I just tell you, temptation in and of itself is not a sin, but men, you never continue to use temptation as a license to say, what well, I'm just looking. If you look more than once, <laughs> you're sinning. <laughs> If you keep looking, if you keep like, whoa, 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 you keep looking, yeah, you're, you're, you're traveling the road. You're going to blow it greatly. But ladies, you also play a role in this. You also play a role in this. I just want to say, ladies, be careful. Be careful how you dress. Be careful what you're wearing. You dress, when you're dressed wrong, um, ultimately, you won't really attract a man. You will ultimately attract a predator. If you were out there saying, you know what, I just, just need to get a good man. I need to get a good man. I'm just going to try to you know, help myself be a little more attractive and show off more of my assets. You will not attract a godly man. You will attract a man who maybe at moments in his t- life doesn't have his head on straight. You could potentially attract a predator but ultimately, you're going to attract someone who is surfing for, looking for what you're willing to give away. Can I tell you, ladies, don't be willing to give it away. You are not meant to just give it away. You are meant to be pursued as a princess. You are meant to be pursued as a person. You should not be out there trolling, trying to find a good man by showing off more than you need to show off. Listen, Our whole culture is wired to cause you to think you must project yourselves a certain way. Can I just tell you, you will not find the kind of man that you want to find doing things that way. I just thought I would have a little bit more for my ladies on that one. Ladies, ladies, and maybe our men, maybe our men. How many of you guys are dads of daughters right now? Yeah. Yeah, you guys are just, you didn't say anything, but inside your, your blood is getting hotter, right? Because you're thinking that the dude who doesn't need help at checking out your daughter. We live in a culture today where men don't need any help with being sexually attracted in the wrong direction. Ladies, men who you want to attract are going to be the kind of men that will respect you and want you more if you show them less. I know that sounds so counterintuitive, but to find the kind of godly man that you want, you need to go counterintuitive. I'm not talking about like, let's button things up and like, let's bring things to my ankles. We're not going crazy. I'm just talking about, and I don't even know how to explain this, and I I need to be quiet because I'm going down a road of like explaining to ladies how to dress. That's not where I'm going, (laughs) all right? (laughs) Someone on on the front row just said, oh, they know how, they know how. Okay, we're going to leave it at that. 
All right, temptation never wants you to take time to reflect. David just didn't stumble into this. Let me tell you this statement. That which tempts you for a moment, you got to write this one down. That, that which tempts you for a moment will only satisfy you for a moment. That's good. That's what, that, that, that which tempts you only for a small amount of time will only keep you there for a small amount of time. Ladies, that's all the more reason for you to play a role in. Not that you're like, i got to help the guys out. No, well, maybe so, but you need to help you out. We should both, men and women, be playing our roles well so that we don't both fall prey to what the enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy wants to do in both marriages and both people who are looking to find the person who they want to surrender their life with and to. We all play a role in this. Temptation never wants you to take time to reflect, never wants you to slow down and say, I wonder if this is going to cause me problems. I wonder if what I'm wearing is the right thing that's going to attract the right kind of person. I wonder if if I go to this place, can I handle it or not? I wonder if I, you know, reconnect on Facebook, if this is going to cause me maybe to go down a path that I don't want to go. That which tempts you for a moment will only satisfy you for the moment. Verse 5, later when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent a message to David saying, whoops, I'm pregnant. David didn't plan for that. He, he, he just thought, I'm just accidentally walking out on the rooftop. He thought, I can, I'm the king. I've handled Goliath. I've taken down all kinds of giants. But this giant, this giant dominated him. Now he's in way more than what he thought he'd be in. So she says, I'm pregnant. Then David, all of a sudden, David, who's thinking clearly, I'm sure, sent word to Joab. Joab, go get me Uriah, the Hittite. Remember who he was? He's the guy who's the husband, king, not king, but like lead over the army. So he sends Joab. So Joab sent him to David. Uriah arrives. David asks him how Joab and the army are getting along. (laughs) That's just some nice, wonderful chit-chat conversation. So how's things going on the battlefield? Just wanted to check on you. Just caring about you here. And how the war's progressing? Are we doing well? Are we winning? Good. Then he tells Uriah, here's what I want you to do because I'm just feeling really kind-hearted right now to help you out. I want you to go home and relax. David even sent a gift to Uriah after he had left the palace. But Uriah didn't go home. Uriah Uriah didn't fall prey to the temptation. Uriah didn't go home. Uriah, Uriah slept that night outside the palace at the palace entrance with the king's palace guard. You know what else temptation does? And here's what you know about, notice about David in these conversations. Temptation is always consumed of thinking about yourself. You ever notice that? None of us are ever thinking about someone else when we're being tempted. Well, you are, possibly. But you're thinking about what I want. When we are being tempted, we are being consumed with ourselves, thinking about what we want, what we need, what I should have. The voice of temptation will always drive you to yourself and away from God. You hear that? Temptation will always drive you to yourself and away from God. Why? Because 
Temptation thrives on entitlement. David, I'm the king. I work hard. Haven't I stored up enough wins that I can have whatever I want to have? No, David, you have not. Temptation thrives on entitlement. I deserve this. I deserve this. I've sacrificed so much. I work hard. Why should he have more than me? Temptation thrives on entitlement. Temptation is consumed with thinking of yourself. David, in verse 13, continues looking like he's serving Uriah, but he's not. He's serving himself. Then David invites him to dinner and gets him drunk. But even then, he could not get Uriah to go home to his wife. Again, he slept at the palace entrance with the king's palace guard. So here's what happens. David ultimately orchestrates all this. Uriah does not fall prey to caving in to David. David's trying to solve things. He's still thinking about himself. He's still trying to fix things. He's still serving himself, trying to manipulate things so he will not get caught, will not get busted. Ultimately, David has Uriah on the front lines and orchestrates his death. What a mess. Bible says he was a man after God's own heart, and now he's given in, and he's losing it all. His life, and you later read about his family, and then ultimately he has a full-on train wreck. What a mess. So now that I've got us all encouraged this morning, <laughs> let me tell you how we can win at this. Let, let me just quickly wrap things up and tell us how can we ultimately win I want to give you an acrostic. If you're a golfer, you'll love this. We win by shooting for par. Okay, it's the best I could come up with. How do we win? Let me give you this uh, P. We win by positioning yourself well. You win by putting yourself in the right place. You win by getting yourself around the right people in the right places. You win by getting around God. Guys, you win by, by, by saying, you know what, I recognize I can lose. I recognize that I can be tempted. I recognize that I can be tempted and I could continue to be tempted. I recognize that I continue to be tempted that I can blow it. And I, I want to I make sure that I position myself rightly so I don't go down that road and blow it. And can I just say this morning, I know you have blown it already. Because if I said, who has never done wrong in this room, no one's going to raise your hand unless you're just kind of confused. We've all blown it. We've all tempted and done wrong. We've all been tempted and blown it. Maybe some of you have not been tempted so badly that it's grown into full-blown like exposure and huge circumstances. But I can pr promise you, in this room, many of you have shared your brokenness with me. And can I just say... Thank you for sharing because you are not at a bad place. You're at a great place. Maybe one of the greatest places because you're not so concerned about your entitlement and what people may know about you. Your being open about your brokenness actually paves way for God to take you away from your mess 
and to bring you to a place where he can get the honor and glory and really dramatically change you. But we've got to position ourselves well so we can grow. Even, even read a verse a day, one verse a day, even maybe five minutes with God a day. Position yourself around people and places so that you can grow. That's P, position yourself well. A, advanced decision-making. Advanced decision-making. No matter what, I will not cross this line. You can't draw the battle lines clearly and definitively when you are already in the battle. You must, before the battle takes place, before you are tempted, before today, tomorrow, this week, we must clearly identify where we will draw the lines. I will not get reconnected with my old flame on Facebook. I will not... I will not go to this club. I will not show up at this place. I will not get reacquainted with this coworker. Here's the battle lines. Here's the lines I'm drawing. This is my this is my defined lines. I will not cross them. We must make advanced decision making. Several years ago, my wife will tell you, I just think it was the grace of God in that moment. I was sitting in my office several years ago. And I got a call from a girl that was my girlfriend in college. I chased and chased and chased this girl. Probably wanted her more than I wanted her because she was engaged to a dude from another state at the time when I was in college. I started dating her. She'd take her ring off. I was told it was all fair in love and war. She was not married. It was all good, I thought. She broke up with me, got back with her ex. Many years later, 10 years later, I've never heard or thought of this girl before or since then in my life. I get a phone call from her. My wife's in my office, and I go, this is her. That's that girl I told you about. Oh, my gosh. She's like, so how you doing? I'm like, how am I doing? I'm fine. I haven't talked to you in 10 years. What's going on? Just checking on your marriage. How's things going? I'm divorced now. I just wanted to check the things, how you're doing. I'm like, great. You want to talk to my wife? I didn't know what to say. I'm like, uh, my wife's right next to me. You're calling me. I dated you. You want to talk to my wife? And she's like, uh, no, I got to go. Bye. That was it. That was 15 years ago. How many years have we been married? I don't know. 21? 20. We've been married 21 years this August. But that must have been 10 years ago. Advanced decision making. Draw the lines clearly in advance. Don't. Get reacquainted. Don't go that route. Stay away from things that you know could cause you to trip you up. Stay in the right battles. David was losing this battle because he wasn't even supposed to be in that battle on that day. He was supposed to be with his other guys in the right battle at that moment. Every great fall, listen to this, is preceded by a series of small missteps. Every Great fall is preceded by a series of missteps. Last one is this. Par, P-A-R. R is resolve to live a self-examined life. Can I tell you, every man in this room needs to have somebody, some trusted somebody who you allow yourself to be opened up to. Every man in this room needs to allow someone who you can trust to ask you the hard questions. If you do this, if you do this, you will open yourself up 
and undo the terrible handicap that we have in life. Guys, can I just tell you that all of us are subject to blowing it royally. The only way we can win is if we will put ourselves in the right places, if we will make the decisions in advance, and if we will open ourselves up to somebody else, significant others, to speak some truth in love in our life. Pray with me. God, I, uh, I just asked God that this morning as we went quickly and rapidly through this conversation, God, I pray that you would help us as men both this week and next week to, to be deliberate with these battles that we face, with the temptations that we face. God, I pray that, that many men, God, where we might be today, we might be at a place, God, where we just need to, we need to take this moment, we just need to confess it to the person we love near us. We need to confess it to God and just simply say, God, I have blown it. You know it. I know it. I'm trying to hide the fact that I have, but God, I have blown it. God, would you forgive me? Some of you today need to do that right now. You need to write in your seat. Just say, God, before you in this moment, I want you to know I have made the mistake. I am sorry, God. Please forgive me. And maybe some of you guys need to today say the same thing to your friend, your spouse, whoever it is you might have offended. And if it's ladies that he comes to you, can you do yourself a favor and let him? God, we surrender this moment to you. God, I pray that as you open the eyes to our hearts, God, help us to do battle against the one who's waging war against us. We surrender today to you, God. I pray that men would win. You'd help men to win. God, help us to start today with saying we need you. In your precious name we pray. Amen.